Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Hi, welcome to another episode of HR in 15. I'm LaToya Velez, Supervisor of HR Client Services and the Diversity Officer here at Prestige PEO and your host today. Uh, We're joined by Jen Curry, founder of Change Impact, which helps social impact organizations achieve results and advanced equity. Jen started this certified minority and woman-owned business in 2017 as a side project and has since made it her full-time career with nine employees. Way to go. She has partnered with organizations such as the NYC Department of Education, the Boys and Girls Club of Harlem, and Binghamton University, just to name a few. Jen is here today to discuss her experience and how businesses can better understand what implicit bias is and how to minimize it within their workplace. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Thank you, Latoya. I'm so happy to be here with you. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, I grew up in Queens, New York. Um, I attended public schools, which I never thought was was very rare, but I find that um, being a public school grad in the city, still living in this area is is fairly unique. Um, I'm also a first generation college graduate from a multiracial, multicultural family. And that background and growing up in Queens in a really diverse neighborhood um, really shaped my career and what I decided to do um, with Change Impact. So we um, we focus on education, social services, um, really any social impact uh, organization. So it could be a school, a government agency, um, a for-purpose company and nonprofits. And we help um, with strategic planning, with uh, fundraising, with um, program design, and very much focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. So that's especially why it's great to be in conversation with you today. Wonderful. That's great to hear. Um, I'm looking forward to diving into this a little bit more. Uh, So with that being said, a big part of your business um, teaches and guides people through implicit bias. Um, So can you explain what implicit bias is? Sure. And um, it's really important and foundational to understand this concept. And the first thing that I'll say is it's not as scary as it sounds. Um, it's really meant to, it's a great um, concept and, and uh, way of understanding how our brains work. So implicit bias is really a function um, of our brains from times when we needed to be able to very quickly identify differences to survive. Um, so I'm talking, you know, hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. And implicit biases are shortcuts that our brains use to process information really to just get us through our day. Um, So, you know, I don't need every morning to rediscover what a coffee mug is and how my coffee maker works. My brain is trained in what to do and I can see a coffee mug out of the corner of my eye and be like, yep, pretty sure that's that's where I where I need to go this morning. Um, So so it's it's really just a function of our brain. And there are actually over 180 different cognitive biases, Um, again, some of which are helpful. Another example, so you're more likely to catch something that has changed or to notice something that's changed. So if you think about that report that you review every morning at your desk, 
um, your biases are giving you shortcuts to say, oh, all that information looks about the same. I'm not going to pay any attention, but here's a difference and I'm going to note this and that's going to help me get through my day. Um, so, so these are not bad things. They're, they're not inherently bad at all, but the problem with bias is um, when they promote harmful stereotypes and assumptions and we um, make these assumptions and our brains make these shortcuts that we don't want them to because of history and media and the stories that are around us um, and sometimes from our experiences, but oftentimes not. Um, so just as a quick example, you know, if you're in a hospital visiting someone and you see a woman walking down the hall with a stethoscope around her neck, our brains are very likely and very quickly um, going to draw us to the assumption that she's a nurse rather than a doctor because we have been programmed to think women are nurses and men are doctors. Mm -hmm. Understood. Um, that's a great example because when um, thinking of that, I'm like, I actually think I do think that way. It's terrible. But, and, <laughs> and that's why it's called implicit because mm -hmm. it's not intentional. You know, you and I, I, I bet we are both strong women who who you know embrace that part of our identity mm -hmm. and we still are going to make that assumption because it's so ingrained in our brains yes uh so now that we have a little bit of a better understanding of what implicit bias is and um, some examples of how we see that can you tell us how it's prevalent within the workplace sure yeah i mean implicit bias is all over in the workplace and that's why again i'm so glad we're having this conversation um, so I'll give you a couple of examples. Let's say you're a hiring manager and you're um, reviewing resumes for an open job. Mm -hmm. You'll the first thing you see on a resume is usually the name on top, and you can make a very quick judgment again, not necessarily intentionally, um, based on that person's name about, say, whether they're a native English speaker and maybe what that means about their um, ability to write clearly or write um, in a business capacity just mm -hmm. by looking at their name, right? Because we may see a name and assume that it is a name that reflects somebody who clearly must be an immigrant or um, or even, you know, worse and harmful assumptions about that where, that our brains might jump to about what community somebody might be from or what kind of schooling they had just mm -hmm. from seeing the name. And then of course, the next thing on most resumes is an address. <laughs> so taking it a step further, you could see that address and again, make an assumption about somebody, you know, based on the neighborhood that they live in, um, or you might see the high school or college that they went to. And again, further, you know, just more assumptions, more jumps that our brains are making. Um, so that's one way that that, you know, we um, we these biases are just in our daily experiences and they happen very, very quickly without us noticing. Right. And then there's other things at play, like um, part of our bias is um, toward people who are similar to us. And again, this is this is from, um, uh, you know, sort of a biological instinct to that we're safe with people who are like us. Um, but what it does to us today, again, going back to that kind of resume example, you know, you might see somebody who shares a an alma mater with you, or you have the same hobby listed in your additional section on your resume, and mm -hmm. you're going to look at that candidate more favorably than somebody else who is equally or maybe even more prepared for that job, just because of our biases. And, you know, that's just 1 example. Of course, our bias uh, doesn't only show up when we're reviewing resumes, right? It's, it's with us all the time. Um, how we interact with colleagues, how we review performance of people who report to us. Um, even the kinds of coaching and growth opportunities that we provide for others. 
and you know, one really important thing for me is um, to recognize that our biases, uh, sometimes we think that they're quote positive, right? They're positive stereotypes, let's say about groups of people, um, but those can cause harm too to, to those people and to others around them. So here's another example. If you hold a belief that uh, the, the more junior staff on your team, say the younger staff are eager to take on responsibility and wanna move up the career ladder, um, what does that do to the um, older or more mature employees on your team, or maybe somebody who is a parent raising a family, um, they can get passed over for opportunities simply because our brains are making the assumption that younger staff maybe want to take that business trip or are willing to stay late in the office more hours than somebody else. Um, again, it's not necessarily a negative stereotype, but it is a bias that we can hold that can really cause harm to, you know, that parent who's like, yeah, I'll stay late and work on the project. You know, I want to get the experience. So we really need to make sure that we're um, that we're holding space for for everybody. And and bias is just so baked into our brains that we really have to make sure we're we're paying attention. Um, and and one last thing that I'll share, just because I think it's fascinating. There's um, really interesting research that came out. Um, uh, from actually it was done in Israel in this case, looking at a parole board. And they were finding that all of the people who were coming before the parole board in the hour before lunchtime were um, were getting uh, were being granted parole at a much lower rate. And after looking at all of their cases and files, they realized that there was nothing fundamentally different about the people that were coming before the board in that hour before the lunch. The issue was that the, the decision makers were hungry. They were hungry, they were tired, they were ready for their break, they were ready to go. And that's another form of bias, right? When we are not um, at our best selves, when we are stressed out or tired or just ready for a break, our biases creep up on us in different ways. So if you're reviewing those resumes or making those promotion decisions, right, at a time when you're stressed or busy or rushed, implicit bias is, is just everywhere in, in our work in those moments. and. Um, that's when we really have to learn how to disrupt them and, and catch ourselves and, and do things a little bit differently. Otherwise, we can really cause harm to the people around us. Yeah, so the term hangry is actually um, real. It's actually <laughs> a thing. It's actually a thing, and it could cause you know, one of us to not get a promotion. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a, real, it's, a, real, um, it's a real threat, and there are you know, many ways to... Um, to figure out these biases um, and how to interrupt them. But probably the most important thing is just to know, know that they're there. And once you know that, you can start um, coaching yourself on how to, how to interrupt them. Um, and maybe that's something that I can come back and speak on in a, in a future episode. Yes, that would be wonderful. Uh, as you're talking through this, I'm thinking about myself. I'm like, do I, you know, do I do that? Are these things that I do? And um, I think that's, you know, one of the first things is recognizing them and acknowledging them. So then you can um, obviously put in the work to address them, right? That's exactly right. Wonderful. Well, um, that was a, a great episode, Jen. Thank you so much. Uh, that information was more than helpful. Uh, I wish we did have a little bit more time to go into detail on how businesses can mitigate implicit bias, but we have to save that for next episode. Uh, so I'm looking forward to having you back. Uh, please tune in next time.
as we will have Jen back to provide some helpful information for your workplace. In the meantime, you can find more information about Jen and Change Impact at www.changeimpact.net. And for more information on diversity, equity, and inclusion, please visit our website, um, the Diversity Center on prestigepeo.com forward slash diversity dash center. If you want to get caught up on season one and two of HRN15, visit www.hrn15.com and that's hrin15.com. Uh, all right, so we'll see you next time. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit prestigepeo.com.